Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachalki. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? Feels good to be back behind a microphone again. That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> Feels good to finally be back in here. Yeah. Missed, like, missed a couple weeks, but back on it. Been, missed a little a, vacation. Yeah, missed two out of three weeks, but uh, yep. we're, we're on pace, uh, as we did the last year, for uh, 50 episodes in a year again. 50 weeks. Well, 50 weeks of an episode yeah. in a year. So, 50 uh, weeks. All right. Before we start, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android we got an all-hoops edition of the TSK show coming at you right now. We are halfway through the NBA season, so naturally Tyler and I thought it would be a good idea to give out our mid-season awards. We also have a full slate of topics for you guys to discuss in our favorite hoop segment, The Starting Five. But let's kick it off uh, with the mid-season awards right off the bat. Tyler, who do you got as the mid-season MVP right now? Uh, I got to give it to James Harden. Not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised you went that route. I just got I just gotta give it to him. I mean I've said before, I, I like James Harden. I'm not the biggest fan of James Harden, but what he's doing is just insane. Um Kobe's the only person I've ever seen he's averaging thirty thirty four a game right now. Insane numbers. Uh fifty seven last night. Uh but he got got past Kobe's streak a thirty point game. Well, he passed Kobe's personal streak. It's not the record. No, it's not the record, but he he's the first person to do it since Kobe. Yep. Um, uh, he's doing just, it definitely not in a way Kobe did it, though. I'm going to. Scoring so important. Make sure to point and, that out. Uh, it's scoring so, so important. And I saw, I never saw Iver, Iverson, you know, was at 31. T Mac was at 32. KD was at 32. Russell Westbrook was at 31 a game. Those are the highest points per games I've ever seen. Uh, in my lifetime, and he's he's second place right now. Um, so I got to give him the MVP. The the Rockets are are kind of hot right now. They're not necessarily where they wanted to be in the standings. I think you know they're back in the playoff hunt though. Yeah, and they're they're in fourth place, so it's not not bad at all. And they're you know right in striking distance of third. But uh, they've they've had a lot they've had a lot of turmoil. They've uh, you know had some failed uh, failed tests. But James Harden's just been leading through everything he, he's been their only yeah, shining he's, point he's this absolutely year. unstoppable with the rock in his hand right now it's whether it's fun to watch or it's you know he you know draws contact or whatever you just got you got to stop him yeah no at the end of the day you have to stop him from putting the, yeah, the basket and, in the bucket and no one's stopping him right now in 34 game that's just crazy yeah but uh, i guess just to be a contrarian and uh, give a little bit of debate uh, I'm giving my midseason MVP to Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. Right now, I mean, he's upped every single statistical category he has. Yep. He's averaging 26.7 points per game, 12.6 rebounds a game, almost six assists a game. He's up to one and a half blocks per game. He's got the Bucks second in the East behind Toronto. At one point, they were in first uh, at the oh. latest point in the season in their franchise's history since Lou Alcindor was on the team in that we He's, all know that uh, used to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And his shooting percentage in the paint is just unreal. Oh, it's crazy. In the mid-70s, and it's just uh, it's like Shaq-like numbers. Yeah, um, in the his, his dominance, his length, uh, yeah. what he can do on defense, what he yeah. can do on offense. He, He's definitely deserving. I think if it wasn't for the, you know, the, the, la the second half of this first half, if that makes any sense. No, it makes um, sense. The last, like, 20 games, Harden has just been unreal. Um, and just pulled pulled himself away from Giannis, but for sure Giannis is definitely deserving, and he's right there. Yeah, I mean, and any he other is year, such a freak. He is really he freak. Is I really mean, he takes one dribble from half court, and he's uh, already halfway yeah. in the lane. No, he's just uh, he's the unicorn. <laughs> no, that's Kristaps. Well, both those guys are fucking unicorns. It's crazy. <laughs> just, that's the future of the NBA. But no, I mean, I definitely think that uh, if we were to poll a hundred people, probably ninety nine are giving it to to James Harden. 
Yeah, right um, now I just think you have to. But uh, I, I got I got no problem being that one out of a hundred. Yeah, no, right now you just have to. I mean, thirty-four a game. Like I said, T Mac, AI, KD, Russell Westbrook. None of those guys did it in my lifetime. So. Yeah, no, it's it's unreal. So, all right, who do you got as defensive player of the year? Um, defensive player of the year, uh, I went with kind of a, a regular name I threw out there, and Rudy Gobert. Um, right now, Rudy Gobert's got uh, averaging 12, 12 and a half rebounds and two blocks a game, um, eighth in rebounds, fifth in blocks in the league. But it's his team defensive stats that I think um, kind of show his value. He's also, I just think, so important to that team, wins and losses wise. And uh, you know, right now Utah is in the playoff hunt. They're right now they're the eighth seed. So uh, being a playoff team, the eight and in the West. They're third in the NBA in opponents' points per game. Um, they're fifth in defense efficiency rating, which means, you know, points per 100 possessions. Yep. And then they're second in defensive rebounding rating. So they're top five in all the three major uh, defensive team categories. And then, you know, he's a top five blocks guy. He's a top ten rebounds guy. And when you watch the Jazz, you just see how he affects the whole game. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people would give defensive player of the year to Rudy Gobert almost every year. Uh, what he does on defense is is really uh, remarkable. It's it's really what makes him who he is as a player, aside from his offensive game where he uses his length. But he uses his length and uh, yeah. agility so much more on defense. Yeah. Uh, but again, to be a contrarian, I'm going to go with uh, Miles Turner of the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, Miles Turner, I think, is the one that's probably who most people have. He's got to be probably the front runner. He He's leading the league in blocks at 2.8 blocks per game. The Pacers as a team are second in opponents points per game. Uh, they're fifth in the league in opponents field goal percentage. Uh, and Miles Turner, I think, has a lot to do with that with affecting shots at the rim. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert, you could go either way. Yep. Uh, Miles Turner has definitely stepped up big time in that regard. So yeah, I think, I think either way. He's definitely a top-notch defensive player of the year. Uh, candidate and then uh, moving on I think this one's one of the more universal ones is rookie of the year <laughs> I think Donkic has pretty much uh, yeah. wrapped that yeah. up yeah I mean it's what he's doing yeah 20 26 and a half and five um, as a rookie you know he's handling the rock he's a big kid shooting 43 and a half percent from the field his step back jumpers are just you know every single superstar on every single one of your favorite teams is getting busted by him yeah Literally. Yeah, I mean he he really is. He's special. He's gonna be he's gonna have a crazy career. Yeah, and so many so many people thought that he was gonna get a GM fired for drafting him because he wasn't gonna turn out to be yeah. what we all thought he was gonna be. Yeah. And it looks like he might get some GMs fired for not drafting him. Yeah, that's he was uh just what he was able to accomplish overseas. At so young, it's just like this guy's been bred to be a pro his whole life. Yeah, and he's bred to be a winner. I mean, yeah. he's won the Euro League. He's a pro basketball player. He's not a rookie, so he's just it's his first year in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. He really should be newcomer of the year. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, we're we're yeah. synonymous on that one. Yep. Uh, who do you have for six man of the year? Um, six man. There was a lot of good candidates this year, actually. I, I uh, yeah. There's a few names that that popped out to yeah, me. Yeah, I found about a handful of guys I thought were deserving, but ultimately I went with uh, Demontis Sabonis. Ooh, uh, another for, Indiana Pacer. Indiana, yeah. And um, part part of that was he's part of a nice. He allows them to play Turner, Thaddeus Young, and Sabonis all play of similar minutes. Yeah. Um, he's playing 25 and a half minutes a game, which is you know peaking on starter numbers. Uh, playing the same amount of minutes a game as Miles Turner, so, uh, but he's averaging fifteen, ten, and three off the bench. Um, just having a fifteen and ten guy come off the bench is big time. Uh, Indiana's third place in the East, and uh, you know they're twenty eight and fourteen. They're playing really well, and I think he's a big, big part of it. Um, he's a young, he's a young, talented player that uh, I've always been a big fan of. Yeah, I mean there was a, there was a lot of promise with him coming into the league from Gonzaga. Yep. Uh, and especially with his dad, uh, who yep. he was as a legend in, yeah. in basketball. Yep. Um, it's nice to see how he's really paved his way, especially being part of that Victor Oladipo and it's hard trade to be from a the Thunder. Man, you know, it's not easy. You could you can lose. Um, you know, you could panic and wonder if you're ever going to be able to crack that kind of starter minutes time again. And uh, he's been able to stay afloat. Yeah, and it, it's funny you mentioned uh, the minutes per game because obviously. Uh, that's a big deal when it comes to uh, six man of the year and, yeah. and uh, how many minutes guys are getting and what kind of run they mm -hmm. get on the court. 
But my choice for sixth man of the year, he's the hometown kid yeah. from the 818, Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. He's averaging about 28.4 minutes per game. So th- those yeah. are those are really close to starters numbers. Yeah. Getting getting close to almost 30 minutes a game, but arguably he's the best guard on the Nets. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, he's he's definitely the most productive. Yeah. Uh, he's averaging 16.7 points per game, two and a half rebounds, five assists. He shoots 45 and a half percent from the field, 36.8 from three point. The Nets, they're seventh in the East, so they're in the playoff hunt. They're on a five game home win streak. And like I said, I mean, he's arguably the best guard they have. He's definitely their best point guard. Dimwitty is a is a cool player to watch if you've never got you know. Oh, he's so much people, fun to watch. I don't think not a lot of people have seen him play because he plays for the Nets. Um, but he can he can play and he can get buckets. He's yeah. definitely a good basketball player. And like I said, I think I don't know if necessarily he's the best uh, player on the team or the best guard on the team, but he's definitely the most productive player right now for them. Yeah. All right. Most improved. Who do you have? Um, I went. There was there was two guys um, that I kind of whittled it down to, but in the end, I went with De'Aaron Fox uh, of Sacramento. Interesting. Um, so Sacramento's twenty three and twenty one right now. I think I don't think anybody saw uh, Sacramento being above five hundred after the no. uh, halfway point in the NBA season. But I th- we probably uh, projected them at the bottom De'Aaron, of the barrel. De'Aaron Fox is averaging eighteen points a game. He's up over six points from last year. Um, so up six points in points. He's up three assists a game. Um, he's raised his shooting percentage by six uh, percent. Um, he's shooting forty-seven percent this year, and then uh, he's also raised his three-point percentage seven seven uh, percent. He's at a, he's shooting thirty-eight percent right now. So he raised all his shooting percentages. He's up in points. He's up in assists. The team's playing really well. I think he's kind of taken over as the lead dog there, and um, yeah, I think he's the most improved player quietly. All right, so I mean, listen, those numbers are pretty incredible, but uh, I think so, I got somebody else has them beat. Got them beat. Yeah, listen, Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors has been yeah an integral part of their success, and I mean, he's only been in the league three years. This is his third year in the league. Last season, he averaged seven point three points per game, four point five rebounds per game. And now he is averaging 15.2 points per game and is up to 6.9 rebounds per game. He's shooting 57.2% from the field, 33, 33% from three-point line, and that's from 22% from the field last year. Yeah, that's just insane. I, I wonder, that's just a weird number, you know, just be shooting 57% this year and shooting 22% last year. No, no, excuse me, sorry. I got those numbers mixed up. He went from fifty-seven point two. He went from fifty point eight percent last year from the field Mm -hmm. to fifty-seven point two, and his three-point percentage from last year was twenty-two percent. That makes more sense. And he jumped up because he's not necessarily a shooter. He's kind of got a a mechanical release. But he jumped up eleven percent to thirty-three percent from three-point line this year. Yeah, which is good because you want to see the 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 game get better. But still, thirty-three percent. He's got some. He's got some work to do, but I mean, listen, no, he's, he's, he's up eight points per eight points per game from last year. He's got a much bigger role than last year, uh, especially with Jakob Pertl being uh, shipped the, off to San Antonio in the yeah. Kawhi Leonard trade. Um, so there, he, he's no, he played, taking he advantage of his opportunity last year, and he's getting good minutes this year. But I just think at the end of the day, people like Darren Fox and Zach Levine was the other guy I had. Um, they're just big parts of their team, so they're going to show. I think the part. Um, that really gets the most improved award is showing like you just step your role your role in the team has changed, okay. um, and you've really stepped up. All right, so we got two more awards. Yep, comeback player of the year. I think we're gonna both agree on this. Kawhi. Yes. Yeah. It it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of had the Andrew Luck. Uh, he's the Andrew Luck this year. It just no one knew. We we always thought we'd be so sure on this guy. And uh, somehow, some way, there was some weird drama came out of San Antonio and Kawhi Leonard, and everything changed. Um, our perception on both, the, you know, Kawhi yeah. and the Spurs has changed um, because of that. And he's just come out just fine. <laughs> See, he just didn't drop a beat. Yeah, and well, I went on Basketball Reference to to like look at the stats, and I mean, we're we're taking out last season because he only played nine games. So I went I went back and looked at his 16 2016 2017 stats. 
in 2016-2017, he averaged 25.5 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists. He shot 48.5% from the field and 38% from the three-point line. And now this year, he's upped his points per game to 27.5. He's upped his rebounds to 8 per game. His assists are a little bit down, but they're still above 3. He's shooting 50.3% from the field. And his three-point shooting is down 0.7% to 37.3. But, I mean, Kawhi has not missed a beat. It's absolutely remarkable what he's doing. Everybody thought he was going to be a lost cause with only playing nine games and how the whole debauchery went down with San Antonio. No one knew what was going to happen when he went to Toronto, if he was going to even play because he was so upset uh, that he was traded and all of that. Uh, But he's got them first in the East. No, I mean, he's... It, like I said, just like I give the award to Andrew Luck in the NFL, both those guys are just were MVP caliber players um, that their futures were kind of up in the air. Oh, we didn't know very much gonna, up in the air. We didn't know what was going to happen, and both of these guys have just completely, uh, you know, silenced all all questions. Oh, for sure. They, they've silenced them and answered them all. So, yeah, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, comeback player of the year, has to be yeah. uh, well-deserved. Uh, Zach Levine gets an honorable mention. So uh, does Derrick Rose, I think. Derrick Rose, uh, just, you know, coming off injury is always tough. Yeah. All right, coach of the year. Who do you got? Um, I got Mike Malone. I got to go with Mike Malone. Okay. Uh, 23, uh, 29 and 13. First place in the West, uh, Denver. They finished ninth last year. Um, they're playing without their first-round pick in Michael Porter Jr., so – just think if they didn't go Porter Jr., they could have a, a first-round pick playing with this team as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, moving from ninth place in the West to the fir- oh, first overall seed um, in, you know, this Western Conference, it's just has been, you know, praise for so many years. Um, they're, they're at the top. He's got Jokic looking like the best big in the league. Um, Definitely just, one of them. You know, I just didn't – I. I guess I'm giving him the credit because I didn't see this Denver team being this good. Oh, you counted them out. You yeah. didn't think they were going to well, make that, the playoffs. La- last year they proved me right, so I had to roll with the dice again. <laughs> I mean, last year I said the whole year they weren't going to make the playoffs, and they ended up not making it. Um, but this year definitely is different, um, and he's got them rolling. Yeah, no, Mike Malone, definitely a solid choice. They've uh, dealt with a couple injuries. A um, couple guys haven't been 100%. Yes, yeah, Isaiah but, still hasn't played. Yep, Isaiah hasn't played. Michael Porter Jr. hasn't played. Um, Gary Harris has missed some time. Will Barton's missed some time. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I went with a different Mike, and that was Mike Budenholzer of the Milwaukee Bucks. It seems to be I, I keep hearing his name as like the the lead. Yeah, because I think because of what happened last year with Giannis and Jason Kidd, uh, that whole thing with Giannis wanting to keep Jason Kidd, uh, and then the Bucks going out and getting Mike Budenholzer yep. after he left, I believe it was the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um. And for Budenholzer to have them second in the East, they're 30-12. and 12. I'm pretty sure he's a Popovich protege as well. He is a Popovich protege. Yep. Uh, they're one and a half games back from Toronto for first place uh, in the East. Like I, yeah. like I said when we were talking about Giannis, at one point Milwaukee was in first. And well, I, I just love – I love their offense, and I love that they have five guys around zero, um, five guys in the perimeter just creating different lanes and – they're so freakishly long, and then the oh. guys that aren't long are just such good basketball players. Yeah, their uh, athleticism, their yeah. length. Lo- Brooke Lopez is out there just jacking threes. Which just, is crazy. And he's just shooting so well right now. Um, and that's coaching, Where was though. that last year? Well, I mean, he took the shots last year. He I took just, them, but he I wasn't just, making them. It's just a different um, – he's got a different team now, and that's coaching. I mean, he's getting the best out of guys like 100%. That. Um, and he's got a good mix, you know, with the length. He throws in a Malcolm Brogdon and DiVincenzo. I, I think they've got a really good mix of young guys and veterans. And They're a great basketball team. Um, if They they go as far as Giannis goes. They're just For team. sure. They're just a team that has one of the guys. They're not a super team, though. So it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think they're really a threat to win the title. Um, not yet. Not this year. They're not. I, I don't think so. But. Giannis is an MVP caliber player. He's um, a top five player in the NBA, so that can take you <laughs> that can take you a long ways if you have a good basketball team around him. Definitely. But all right, so why don't we just recap who we have as our uh, as our midseason awards, real quick, Tyler? Why don't you run through it real quick? Well, I got James Harden's MVP, um, Rudy Gobert as Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Rookie of the Year, Luka Doncic, 
most improved Aaron Fox, uh, sixth man DeMontis Sabonis, comeback player of the year, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and then coach of the year Mike Malone of Denver. All right, and then I got Giannis Antetokounmpo as MVP, Miles Turner's defensive player of the year, Luka Doncic as rookie of the year, Pascal Siakam as most improved, Spencer Dinwiddie as sixth man of the year, Kawhi Leonard comeback player of the year, and Mike Budenholzer coach of the year. So comeback player of the year and rookie of the year were the only ones we agreed on. Yes. That makes sense. Those are pretty clear cut. Yeah. Not a lot of arguing. And I also, I also like to play the contrarian a lot on, yeah. on these. So uh, – I yeah. just wanted to give a different yeah. answer than what you were going to give. But hey, sometimes the sometimes the answer is the answer. That's why everyone says it, you know. Yeah. Sometimes there is a guy that just is that good. And he is the MVP this year. No, I think James Harden's going to get it. Yeah. I just think he deserves it. Yeah. But all right, let's uh let's move on to the starting 5. Okay. Uh we're halfway through the season officially. Yep. No, it's basketball season now. Seahawks are out. Um, yeah, it's tough for you. Sorry, see, bud. Yeah, Seahawks are out, so it's officially hoop season. Yeah, but we're about a month away from the NBA trade deadline, so I thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk about some potential moves that need to happen, should happen, could happen. Uh, who knows? Uh, you never yeah. know what happens when it comes to the trade deadline in any sport, and obviously basketball is always an exciting time when it comes to the trade deadline. Uh, some big news coming out of Dallas, though, was that they've expanded trade talks for second-year guard Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, obviously, their offense hasn't been the same when Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic have been on the floor together. Uh, and Dallas is sticking with Doncic. So, yeah, it makes uh, sense. It's just too bad that they can't wor- work it out. I hate <laughs> I hate this one. This one's too bad. It, uh, I only the only reason why it's not the worst is because I think Dennis Smith will be fine elsewhere. Yeah, I think he'll um, be able to carve out his own. But role God, somewhere. man, I just that was just a nice little core that they had going on there. Um, it's too they just need the ball in their hand. That's kind yeah. of the that's kind of the classic theme of the NBA right now is how can you uh, spread out ball control? Yeah, and neither one of them need to be coming off the bench at this young in their career. They, no, they both need to be starting. They need as and much Dennis, uh, and, as, and, as much experience as possible. And Dallas is smart for getting ahead of it. You know, Dennis Smith is worth a lot right now. He's yeah, no, valuable. sell high. And so, yeah, sell high. Go for it. If you're if you're gonna make the change, you know, go do go it now. all in. Do it now. Uh, some potential spots that uh, I heard were uh, being talked about for Dennis Smith Jr. were Phoenix and Orlando. Yeah, those teams are just abysmal at point <laughs> guard. They're just it's it's a they mess need somebody. There. Yeah, they're just completely uh, trash at that position. It's just not working out for them. Now, with with Orlando, what I I was reading on – I can't remember where I was reading it, but I was reading some stuff about a potential trade, and they were saying Aaron Gordon might be part of that trade. Uh, Aaron Gordon would go to Dallas. Dennis Smith Jr. would go to Orlando, obviously. Uh, The reason being was the front office in Orlando currently – the current regime is not the regime that drafted Aaron Gordon – they drafted Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba, yeah. who uh, all three of those guys play the same exact position, do a lot of similar stuff, yeah. uh, except I think the ceiling is a lot higher for players like Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba right now than Aaron Gordon because we kind of know what we're getting with Aaron Gordon uh, yeah. after, I think, four or five years now in the league. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, Aaron Gordon is a solid player. He's a solid piece. Yeah, no. So he, Dallas, is not losing, of, Dallas is not losing in that situation. No, I'd be stoked for that trade if I was a Dallas fan. I think you're getting a lot of, a lot for Dennis Smith in that, in that regard because, I mean, Aaron Gordon's still young. You're going to get a lot of prime years left in him, and he can – He can still develop. He's a freak around the basket. Um, he's a freak athlete. He's becoming a better ball handler. Uh, he's got a good game. Aaron, I'm a big fan of Aaron Gordon, so – uh, and Orlando desperately needs a point guard. So yeah. if that trade went down, that'd be a nice fit. And Aaron Gordon, DeAndre Jordan might be the two most. That'd be crazy. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like a JV version of Blake Griffin and DeAndre. It's it's uh, Yeah, I mean, it'd be DeAndre now and Blake Griffin as like a rookie. Yeah, so it's um, that could be an interesting mix. What about Phoenix? Who do you think Phoenix would give up? Phoenix, that's the thing, is Phoenix's pieces just aren't as valuable as like an Aaron Gordon, like, a Josh Jackson or a Marquise Chris. Like, I'm definitely not taking Marquise Chris for Dennis Smith. Um, I would need Josh Jackson in the mix. Yeah. Um, and outside of that, I just don't know who you're trading. You know, that 
Denver has to be draft picks. Or Dallas doesn't need Dallas doesn't need um, a center, you know, like an no. Alex Land or anything like that. And Phoenix Alex Land's in Atlanta now. No, that's right. Who <laughs> who is it? Who was it? Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender. That's right. He's the young one. The Who's big. also a, probably a, just as much of a bust as Marquise Chris. And jo- yeah, all three of those guys I think are the three young guys that they can move. Yeah. Um. Be just because I think you know Aiton and and Booker are off limits. Yeah, for sure. And you don't want anybody else. <laughs> All right. So there's been a lot of talk about Anthony Davis uh, and his upcoming free agency, I believe, after next season. Yeah. Uh, but obviously he's in a position to tell New Orleans, like, look, I'm not going to sign an extension with you guys. You might as well trade me yeah. uh, and get something in return, uh, as some teams make the mistake of don't doing mm-hmm. or not doing. Um so, do you think Anthony Davis will be moved at the deadline? Or? Nah, I, no, I think he'll be off-season transaction. If he, it's just too hard to move a player of that caliber. Yeah. To find somebody that's got a, a, a tier one superstar to trade right now. Or, um, or, or enough young core assets. You don't want an injured John Wall. You, don't, you know, I don't think Portland's going to give up Lillard. And why would you – that's kind of a sidestep anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just I, I just don't think there's any any trade out there that would make sense for them to um, blow up this team this year. Yeah, I think they're just they had playoff success last year. They played bully ball. They're going to just try to make a playoff run and hope they can attract somebody to come to New Orleans to play with Ann Davis next year. Yeah, or make the trade. I think I think there's just right now too much to be left on the table in terms of New Orleans evaluating what they can get in return for Anthony Davis because obviously I mean. We know the Lakers are in the mix. Uh, Portland could be in the mix. Uh, who else could be in the mix? Boston could be in the mix. Uh, but, like, for instance, Boston and L.A., they have young core pieces that they could trade for Anthony Davis that New Orleans could hang their hat on for the future. But there's still so much left to be said for those young core pieces. Yeah. Is it even worth it for New yeah, Orleans to trade for those guys? That's why I think it's an offseason move. I don't think this year you can – this year is like an overreaction, and you just don't see – you just don't see players of that caliber get moved in the like. I don't remember a top five player in the league getting moved in the middle of the season. Yeah, in recent memory, you know. No, not I that just, I can I remember. Just, I just can't think of it. It just doesn't really. That's just not one. I mean, I guess Jimmy Butler. But no, but he's not even on the same. Exactly. I, I don't think he's on the same wavelength as as Ann Davis. Yeah. All right. So another scenario I was looking at was Charlotte, the Hornets. They're three games under five hundred. But they're still the eighth seed in yeah, the East. They're stuck. They're stuck in a pickle right now. Yeah. Of like move forward or move backwards. Right. So, should Charlotte make a move to try and keep themselves in the playoff race, or is the only move Charlotte can make trading Kemba Walker away for future assets and start the rebuild now? No. Oh, God damn it! I hate that this is like the trend of the the NBA is just. You know, well, the the always, reason always trying to get younger. It's just like, and eventually you gotta like build a team. And but here's the thing: the reason the way that the trend in the NBA is, you either gotta be really good or really bad, is yeah. because if you're in the middle, yeah. you get nothing. Yeah, no, but this is the thing: is like in the Eastern Conference right now with no LeBron, um, no, there's no, there's no like Eastern Conference champion. There's no real clear cut favorite in the East. There's no like, there's no like team looming around that's been dominating the East. The the Cavs are done. You know? Yeah. The Heat are done. Um, I think that they should try to make a push, get another, you know, add another piece if they need to, and throw your hat, in, throw your name in the hat of the Eastern Conference playoffs, <laughs> and you never know. See if Kemba can win you a series. But and, who do they trade? Keep, that's the thing is I, I just don't know if they're um, you know what they can do. They got to find somebody trying to tank. Um, I think the only player they could really get rid of is Nicholas Batum. But have, it's like at that yeah. point, what are you really trading for? Yeah, see, I would think more of just trying to find somebody, some role player that could change the game. You know what I mean? Not necessarily a big name. Not try and make like a big splash. Just yeah. kind of find that one missing piece. Better. Paint your team better. You're already in the eighth spot. If you throw your if you're in the Eastern Conference playoffs, you can do anything. Okay. Well, no, I don't think wa- no, Washington obviously says no to this. Never mind. I'm not even going to bring that trade scenario up. Bradley Beal? No, I was going to say Nicholas Batum and Marvin Williams for Otto Porter Jr. But see, someone someone could take on uh, their expire if they have some expiring contracts. 
someone could take them on and try to dump, you know, dump somebody because yeah. they're trying to move on. Um, so yeah, that I think I that's what I would do if I was Charlotte. I wouldn't. I would not trade Kemba. I'd keep Kemba um, as your as your centerpiece, and I would try to just, like I said, get in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Okay. All right, so the last trade scenario that uh, I could come up with kind of leads into our next topic on the starting five. But the Lakers are 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games, and since LeBron James has been out due to an injury, do they need to make a move at the deadline to try and make that push back into the playoffs? Because right now they are on the outside looking in. Uh, what what do the Lakers need to do at the deadline, if anything? Nothing. Don't Nothing. Over, don't overreact. Stan Pat? Yeah. Okay. For sure. I mean, yeah, they're just they're still trying to figure out how to play together. LeBron's out right now. I just don't think there's any need to worry. They're gonna make the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see any move making them any better. You could only fuck things up. Okay. They're already trying to work on their chemistry. Like no, you can't I agree. Kink in there. I agree. I don't think they need to make a move right now yeah. in terms of player pieces. Um but with here's my thing. With LeBron injuring his groin on Christmas against the Warriors, mm-hmm. what really excited me, what really got me hopeful, was how the young core responded to the Warriors when LeBron went down. They didn't let up. They won the game. There was a lot of hope with Laker fans after that yeah, game. Yeah, that was with, a big-time game. With how the young core responded to their leader, LeBron James, going down with an injury and not coming back. And then they kind of just shit the bed. Yeah, I mean, but that's just kind of, you know, that's it's it's a game of runs, you know. It is a game of runs, but with there being all this talk of the young core trying like them trying to develop, them being the pieces for the future, there hasn't really been as much development, I think for me personally as I would have liked in this year so far from what I've seen. No, it's going to be tough to see individual development. Just because there's so many good names, there's so they're so deep. There's so many different leaders. Um, there's a lot going on with the Lakers right now, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough to see individual improvement. But I think the improvement comes with playing together and learning how to win and being in a better position in the West and you know playing together. Just every minute counts with these guys. They're but I don't get more and more. But how is, how is losing to the Cavs, who are on a 12 game losing streak at the time and are the yeah, worst team? Yeah. In, no, those are worst bad, team. Those in are the bad league. losses, but. Um, you know, you got to take you got to take the silver lining out of it and take it as experience. And, you know, you're in a bad slump and you got to turn it around. Who do you think is to blame for all these struggles? Well, I mean, it's, that's tough. I think, you know, I do think some of it falls on Luke Walton. Um, just when, you, you know, your two vocal leaders in Rondo and LeBron are out, someone needs to step up in that role. Yeah. And normally that should be the coach. Um, Lonzo's, kind, Lonzo's kind of a lead by example guy. B.I. is kind of lead by example guy. Kuz, Kuz is the most vocal out Kuz, of the young Kuz core. Kuz is kind of vocal. Tyson Chandler's for sure vocal, but that's not like the same impact. No. Um, so, you know. Do you think Luke Walton's got to go? No, you, definitely not. You think it's too early for that? Yeah, for sure. I think I think he's like one of the key pieces in um, the bright future that we have. We just got to keep playing together. We need Rondo on the court, Lonzo on the court, LeBron. These uh, these high 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 basketball IQs playing um, in Luke's system. I just don't want to start over. Yeah, keep these really really high IQs learning this system, um, and pretty soon it's gonna it's gonna click, and it's gonna be scary good. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think Rondo, Lonzo, and LeBron on the court together is is just insanely dangerous for anybody that they have to play because of their their passing ability, the IQ, the defensive ability. The rebounding, um, just for scary. sure. It's a scary lineup. It's a weird lineup. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think Luke Walton is the problem. Um, but I he, just he could be better. But for I just, sure, I just they could still, all be better. I just still think that his scheme, his system, um, and consistency is what they need. You know, yeah. we just need to keep doing what we're doing so we can get better at it and not start over. All right, I don't want to start some new fucking system. <laughs> They do. They do have a tough road ahead of them, though. Um, I mean, we're we're halfway through January. Uh, they have a few games left at home, but then to end January and basically all of February, they're on the road. They only got two games at home in February. Yeah, we got the All Star break. Yeah, shorter month. 
So it's they they got a tough go, and tomorrow on Wednesday, hopefully, we'll have some more clarity on LeBron's injury because he's he's getting another uh, evaluation tomorrow to see if he can hopefully maybe go on this uh, upcoming road trip yeah. uh, to Houston and Oklahoma City. So hopefully he'll be back within a week. Hopefully, take uh, your time. <laughs> You want him to take his time. Yeah, I, I want him to take his time. I need to win. No, we need to win, but take your time. Don't don't force it because that's a that's an injury that could be easily you know worse, made yeah. worse. Oh, for sure, it could easily be made worse. I I mean, I didn't think he was going to miss ten games. No, exactly. I think that he's played it the right way if from it, going if from going to playing all eighty two last year. Yeah, no. If there's a, but I think that's smart. I mean, if there's any little piece of you that feels like it could be like tweaked or easy. You got to sit. You can't yeah. play. So the only other bright spot, I think, in this 3-7 and seven stretch, besides the, the win on Christmas against the Warriors, actually happened right in front of your very own eyes. In my presence, yeah. Yeah, right yeah. right in front of your very own eyes. Yep. Kyle Kuzma went for a career high, 41 points. How was it being at Staples Center for that? Well, and he, uh, yep. So I was at that game uh, when they played Detroit, uh, and it's forty-one in the first three quarters. Yeah. So he didn't even play the fourth. That game was just a ton of fun. It was awesome to see Kuzma. It was very quiet though. No one even knew. I mean, people in the stands didn't even realize it until you know halftime, middle of the third quarter. That's pretty you know, crazy. It was a quiet. I mean, because he had fifteen just out the jump, and I and I. I rec I thought he I recognized he was off to a hot start, but I could listen to everyone, you know, in the stands and be like, Oh shit, you know, like he's he's getting up there, he's getting up there and I was like, he's gonna go for fifty. <laughs> just the way he came out, he was just hitting everything and it was just easy. It wasn't he like I said, it wasn't it wasn't that noticeable. Um so and then in the fourth quarter it was Michael Beasley's birthday. Yeah, that was pretty cool to watch him. Uh, he came go in off. and got I, I think I think he either got seventeen of his nineteen points or all nineteen points in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, something like that. And they pulled away for the for a pretty easy win. Um, yeah, and it was it was a fun game to watch to see Kuz go for a career high and to see Beasley get some buckets in there and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, it was nice to see Lonzo. Uh, I thought I thought the one thing I could take away from Lonzo's game was that he's extremely strong, uh, kind of bodying some of the you know bodying he did with Blake Griffin showed me a lot of strength. Yeah, um, he, he definitely was, put on was, some pounds this summer. I definitely understand where people are coming from, where he's you know turned into an all defensive team type of player. Good, that that's that makes me feel good. Yeah, he's a stud. He's just such a good basketball player. That ta <laughs> that tap pass. Oh, dude, that tap pass was so nice. Uh, you know, he had a really nice, uh, like, penetration finish that was good. And even though, even the one from like half court, the bounce pass. Yeah, no, that one was no, sick. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. I and I am starting to think, you know, Jason Kidd really is kind of the mold that he he's in. Hey. Even though that was the early comparison, Listen, I, I'm really starting to see it more and more. Jason Kidd's a Hall of Famer in my book. So yeah, yep. And Lonzo right. keeps if Lonzo keeps uh, working on the shooting percentage, he'll be there. Hey, it's up this year. Yep, exactly. All right, so from the Lakers, we go to our bitter rival, the Celtics. In town. Fuck Boston. Fuck Boston. Fuck Boston. Buck Boston. <laughs> Wearing the Patriots jersey today. Yeah. TP. I can't. I can't. Wearing say the Drew Blood. So, but anyway, the Celtics—they're currently in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. They're twenty-five and eighteen. They've struggled incorporating Gordon Hayward back into the fold of the offense since returning from missing. The entire year last year, the younger players on the team haven't taken as big of a step in development from last year like everyone thought they were going to. And recently in a timeout huddle, uh, I can't remember which Morris, Marcus or Markeith is on the Celtics. I think I, I think mean, it's I think Marcus. It, I think it's Marcus, too, but every, <laughs> guaranteed it's probably not. I mean, it's probably not. So. OK, so we're going to say it's Marcus, but it's probably Markeith. Uh, Marcus Morris and Jalen Brown shoved each other in the huddle. Uh, you never like to see that. No. Uh, in a different game, Kyrie Irving was visibly frustrated with Gordon Hayward after a miscue on court. And then in the media, Kyrie Irving had some choice words for the young guys, basically saying that the young guys on the team don't know what it takes to play at a championship level. Uh, to be fair, he did preface what he was saying with uh, – 
how they played last year was with no expectations, so it was a lot more free-flowing. It's a lot easier yeah, to play. Yeah, there's no pressure. It's, they, it, they weren't expected to do shit. Right, so it's a lot easier to play well when, you're, when there's no expectations, yeah. but now that they are ex- expected to sustain su- success, the younger guys don't know what it takes, and Kyrie basically let the media know that. And, yeah. um, I mean, it's never good when your star player is going to the media talking. No, I think it was a slip-up in, in saying something to the media for Kyrie. That was kind of the only negative thing about it is but, like he probably he doesn't normally do that but uh but maybe he said it in the locker room we don't know and that yeah, was it yeah. that game might have been the straw that broke the camel's back type thing and maybe that was well and it's just like all this is understandable too you know this is basically a new team they basically signed two max contract guys in one year you're, and then they didn't get to play with them last year that's what i mean this team this year is not is a different team the all these guys that had their roles are different it's different now. Jason Tatum's name is not in everybody's mouth like it was no. during the playoffs um, last year. Terry Rozier is nowhere to be re- found. A, re- uh, a reserve role. Um, this is just a completely different team than it was last year, so they're just working through it. Um, I think it's normal stuff. And, you know, Kyrie wants to win, and I think – what he said was coming from a good place. It's just he slipped up and said something to the media. I think it's that so tough, it love, blown out of tough love type of leadership. I think he got blown out of proportion. I don't think he really no, meant it like that. Um, I I think with the way he prefaced it with it, them him saying like, look, they didn't have expectations last year. Yeah. They exceeded everybody's expectations, and now that there are expectations and they aren't living up to them, it's time to time to buckle down. He's trying to gather the troops. He's trying to get some sense of urgency going, um, which is good. You know, I think that's a good. It's just I I don't know if necessarily this is the best way to go about it, but. Uh, <laughs> They're, they're another team that's just a, it's a completely new team so they're still trying to figure it out and how to play with each other and they have championship aspirations so there's the pressure right there yeah you think they're you think they'll be able to fix it though yeah for sure i definitely see boston in the uh, eastern conference finals no doubt do you think there's too many cooks in the kitchen though in boston no definitely not just because of the uh, dynamics of all the cooks okay uh tatum's young gordon hayward's with the uh his college coach which i think puts him in check to a certain extent for sure um he's kind of a secondary superstar in nature anyways uh and then kyrie irving's the 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 big dog on campus he's the alpha dog yeah he's got the he has the ring he's got the accolades he's, he's he, the one with, he, that has all the all the he's repertoire the one, he's the one i practice and you know in the huddles that you listen to that's their guy um, so they're just, you know, it is probably a little harder for Jason Tatum to progress um, as far as leadership goes. But playing wise, he doesn't he's not really being held back at all. Yeah. Um, and then Gordon is just trying to get back into it still. I just still don't think Gordon's like had his moment where it's like, you know, here we are. Yeah. You know, one of these days is going to get a 40 point game. And it'll be like, you know, all right, Gordon's or they're going to win 10 in a row and he's going to play well. It's going to it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean. They're only seven games out of first. They're twenty. They're twenty-five and eighteen. Well, and it's like I still take them in a seven-game series against anybody in the East. Like I think, I think they got the Raptors. I think they got the Bucks. I think they got the Sixers. Um, I definitely take them over the Heat, Nets, and Hornets, and that's six, seven, eight right there. Those are sweeps. Those are that's <laughs> easy money right there for Boston. That's not even close. These guys. This is like the best. This is the most talented team in the league outside of Golden State, probably. Okay. Um, they're that good. All right, so what do we? What's what's next on the docket for the starting five? We got number four. Yeah, yeah, um, perfect. Number four. That makes the perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, Nick Collison's number number four um, is to be retired in Oklahoma City, and I basically just have no idea what how to feel. Congratulations, about Nick. I don't know. How well to, deserved. He he does get a round of applause. He's a he's a true professional, but I just don't. I really just don't know how to feel about this. It's just. I think this is real it, gut-wrenching for you. I just think it's the Oklahoma City's – now, and I'm just spitballing here, so that's why <laughs> <You just, laughs> This could go I, sideways, I folks. Just, I just think that Oklahoma City is trying to bridge this gap of Sonics and, and Thunder people, and uh, this is their way of, like, just saying the Sonics are done, like, let us go on and be this franchise, and the Sonics were a part of it. You know what I mean? Like – all Sonics fans fight like we are not the Thunder. No. They have nothing to do with us. You know what I mean? And it's just like Collison, 
that's not the kind of guy you retire. You, I've, I know role players that have played with franchises forever. Listen, Ronnie Turioff's not getting his number retired by the Lakers. No, but not even – I mean, this is 14 years he's played with this team. Okay? Yeah, exactly. He was a first-round pick. Uh, he's a lottery pick for the Sonics. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a great player and a great professional, but I just don't see how they could retire his number in Oklahoma City. And his good years weren't even in Oklahoma City. <laughs> I mean – it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't know if I'm mad about it, if I'm happy for him. If it's like, huh, like that's the band, that's the jersey you're going to have hanging in the rafters. Because they can't put Kemp and Peyton in the rafters. Right. Um, they can't put the championship in the rafters. They okay. He, you know. I don't know why running Terry off came to my head first, but here's a better comparison. Derek Fisher. That's well, the comparison. Okay. Does Udonis Haslam get his jersey retired by that's, the Heat? That's a, that's another great that that's what I'm saying. Are you hanging Udonis Haslam's jersey in the rafters? Hell no! And this I guy's got a ring. I would I like, wouldn't hang Udonis Haslam, Haslam's. At least Haslam has two rings actually, or three. He's got three. Yeah, yeah he's got three. <laughs> he's got that's his... just stacked up from one to three. <laughs> shit. Oh, oh shit! Okay. All right, maybe we are retiring Udonis Haslam's jersey. No, no, he. But but see, but see, like even then, we're still like on the fence about it. But okay, you're right. Derek Fisher is a great comparison. I would not. I probably no, would not retire no. Derek Fisher's jersey. No, Lonzo the, Ball's wearing Derek Fisher's number right now. Yeah, and it's just like I get it. I get the respect of just someone that's been in the the organization for so long, but. This is this is just weird. I just think it has so it's just thrown thrown out all the Sonics people. You yeah, you think you know, this is a the, jab at the Sonics? Well, because he's the only one. He's the he's like the missing link. Well, he was the last remaining Celtic or Sonic. I don't know. Why I said well, Celtic. he he's the on that team. He's the only one that played for the Sonics. Yeah. Um, he's one of the few Sonics left in the NBA in, in entirety. Uh, well, I think KD might be the only one now. Yeah, then they might be eleven seasons without the without the Sonics now. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's just like I just don't think they should. Re I, I guess I just really don't think that they should retire Nick Collison's number. Just doesn't make much sense. Because I mean, if like the, what, I, even I, if the Sonics were around, he wouldn't get his number retired. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like that's is Oklahoma City's guy really like is when when you hang when you hang up Russell Westbrook's jersey, you're gonna have it next to Collison. Like these two play together for. 14 11, years. Uh, 11, yeah, 11 years. The, it's like, no, that's never the, that was never the narrative. It was never <laughs> Westbrook and in Nick Collison. Collison. It like, was Westbrook and KD and Harden. And, and then Nick it was Collison Westbrook. was barely even like a role player. Oh, dude. Like, he, he was a he, bench. He's been he a was bench a 15th warmer. guy. He's been a, he's been a, that kind of guy for the last five, six, seven years. He had some, he had some years where he started. He's had some productive moments. He's a spot start guy. You know, if your starter goes down, you can put him in. Um, this is a weird one. <laughs> really weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's how, that's how Tyler feels about Nick Collison. I don't. I don't think he should get be getting his number no, retired. No, I, I don't. I just. I don't either. That's just wackadoo. <laughs> but all right. Last thing on the docket for the starting five. I came up with this. It's a uh, on this day in NBA history. Uh, Basically, if you don't know the game, tr two truths and a lie. You come up with two truths, and there's a lie in there, and you kind of got to decipher which one is the lie. But this one, I got four choices, three of which are true, one of which is false. So on this day in NBA history, Tyler, you got to figure this out. I got it. January 15th, yeah. 2008, LeBron James scored 51 points against the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. That is the first option. Yeah. B, in 2002, on January 15th, Allen Iverson scored 58 points against the Houston Rockets. In 2003? 2002. 2002. Great years. Yeah. All right. Third choice. In 1974, in none other than Seattle, Washington, yeah. the 24th NBA All-Star Game was held, and the West defeated the East 134 to 123. Now, the last option... Wilt Chamberlain was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers from the Philadelphia 76ers in 1970 on January 15th. Which one of these is false? Wilt Chamberlain played on the 71-72 Laker team, so I'm pretty sure that one's true. Okay. 
Um, uh, LeBron, I saw, I'm pretty sure saw the graphic today on social <laughs> media <laughs> that he scored that, 51 on the mem- on both both on the wall and the Grizzlies. Like, yeah, he just like they had two Grizzly games posted up. I think that's funny. Um, so I think it's got to be between the Seattle All Star game and uh, and, Allen, and Allen Iverson. My two. You think I'm getting you with Seattle and Iverson? Yeah, that's that I do. Um, so uh, let me think here. I'm gonna go. Uh, the All Star game in in January seems a little weird, but it was. F- it was the seventies. It was forty years ago. So that's it was 1974. Yeah. So that's probably all right. I'm gonna go with Iverson. I don't think Iverson is the. I don't think Iverson is the one. That's true. You are incorrect, sir. Damn it. All right. What was it? So, on January 15th, 2008, LeBron James didn't score. Did indeed score 51 points against yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. On January 15th, 2002, Allen Iverson indeed did score 58 points yeah. against the Houston Rockets, and the Seattle. In two thousand or in nineteen seventy four, yeah, it is indeed true that the West defeated the East, yeah. one hundred and thirty four to one hundred and twenty three in Seattle, Washington, for the twenty fourth All Star Game. Yeah, what I mixed up for you it was Wilt. Was Wilt? Wilt was indeed traded on January fifteenth. Yeah, it was seventy one. But it was not nineteen seventy. It was not to the Los Angeles Lakers, and it was not from the Philadelphia seventy sixers. Yeah. Wilt was actually traded from the San Francisco Warriors to the Philadelphia 76ers on January 15th, 1965. 1960, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I mixed up the teams he got traded yeah. to and from okay. and the years. All right, all right. That, that was good because I know, I know he won a ring. He, he got a ring with the, the Lake Show. That, that's exactly why I did the 1970. And 71, so it makes sense he would go there right before that. But all right, that's a good one. That's a toughie. Yeah, but – Wilt actually did get traded today, so that w- that part yeah, is true. Yeah, damn crazy. But yeah, so that that is it. That's that's the starting five for us tonight. Yeah. Um, now we don't really have a shout out this week, uh, but we more wanted to bring attention to something. One of our good friends, PJ Barnes, was in a head-on collision uh, car crash with a drunk driver a few nights ago. Luckily, he's gonna be okay. Uh, he only walked away with a uh, few broken bones. He did have to go through some surgeries, though. But from everything we were told, all of the surgeries he has gone through were successful. Uh, but he's in the hospital right now re- uh, recovering. But we wanted to say that we're thinking of you, PJ. We hope you get well soon. Uh, there's been a GoFundMe set up to help PJ's family with some of the medical costs and such. So we will be sure to put the link up on our social medias. So if anyone that has the ability to help out, you can. And uh, we know that any help will be greatly appreciated. PJ, stay strong, brother. Yeah. We're, we're yeah, praying scary, for you. Scary shit. Uh, so uh, keep your head up. Stay strong. Uh, and if you can help out, please be sure to help out. We'll, we'll be sure to get the GoFundMe link out to, to everyone. It, so Yeah, the, the GoFundMe is actually called Let PJ Be Great. Um, I don't know how easy it is to, to search stuff like that, but that's what it's called right now. Um, and it's doing well there. They've actually raised quite a bit of money. So, all right. So yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to get the link. Uh, it's called let PJ be great. Um, we'll be sure to put the link up, but with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK show. Don't forget. You can find us at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Peace.